Hi, everybody, and welcome to Survive HR. I'm Steve Neal. I'm here with... Hey, I'm Kelly Scheib. Hi, Kelly. How are I you? wasn't paying attention. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was... I was, uh, I was texting. Are you ever paying attention? I mean, do you ever pay attention when I'm talking? Mm. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> I didn't think so. Hey, we we got we got another we got a guest back in here again. Steve's here. Yeah, we kind of nice took him kind of took him hostage. We did. Actually, so <laughs> he's ho- he's being held hostage. We were going to ransom him, but we figured we couldn't get anything for him, so we're going to use him for for to answer questions. I hope he likes us. He was afraid to come in here. I saw his apprehension. Actually, all my meetings were canceled tonight, so this works out. <laughs> Thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah. So Steve Hall with Fine Great People, who's one of our fine sponsors, and we appreciate Fine Great People. But he's also an expert in some of the areas and works a lot in the in the things that we want to talk about. Um, I was thinking about, you know, I'm surprised at how many people really make a lot of mistakes in conducting themselves in the business world. Mm-hmm. And I thought we could talk a little bit about that. Um, even, you know, Dressing, and I know people differ on dressing, but I, you know, I think, I mean, I've got my opinions, and I know that they're different than other people's. But I always tell people that if they're going to, if they get high enough in the company, they're going to run across somebody like me potentially. At least for a couple more years. At least for a couple more years. (laughs) But let me let me ask you: You're the young, younger person. Uh, a little bit younger than than, than our other than our expert guest here. I don't think he here. thought that one out. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, the uh, what? How do you describe? Or if you were going to give advice to people, what would you tell them about how to know how to dress in a workplace? Um. So my, it, which that's really an interesting question, right? Because I have worked in professional environments, and I've worked in manufacturing environments. And I would say it depends. So in professional environments, obviously you want to be appropriately dressed at all times. People are going to judge you your entire career. Don't make your attire a reason that they judge you. Yeah. Okay. You know, like what, when, what, for example, what do you mean by that? Like I, d- wrinkled clothing, inappropriate clothing when you say inappropriate what do you mean by you know skirts that are too i mean this is like the stuff your this is like the stuff your mama taught you right like look prof- professional and i skirts that are too short i remember one how short is too short i don't like i don't know use the school test right the can you is it below you know where it uh, put your fingers to your uh, to your sides and if you're it has to be below your fingers like your fingertips that's one of the, that's what I they use in that. school. Yeah. That's what they use. And Steve is trying this, like, no kidding. Like, he's okay, standing so. up and trying this. <laughs> right, You're yeah. not going to wear a skirt anytime I'm soon now, Steve. Maybe anyway. Kilt. Anyway. Okay. So, I think, I mean, that's true for shorts, too, if your company allows for shorts. I think that one of the things that, I, let me just tell this story. I remember um, a woman coming up to me and telling me, um, I, you need to go talk to your interns. They're not dressed appropriately. And I had to go have those conversations with people who, you know, were just new. And that's an embarrassing conversation to have. Ensure that you are just always dressed appropriately for your environment and know your culture. On your first day, show up in appropriate attire, whether or not it is a manufacturing facility. You always dressed appropriately and get the lay of the land before you show up in jeans and sneakers. Yeah, I mean. So, so as an HR professional, have you had candidates 
or people that you've hired, have you have they asked what is appropriate? Is that a fair question? I mean, I certainly think it's a fair question. I can't tell you that I've been asked it very often, if wow. ever. Um, they, it's it's either people assume it's business casual based on the interview. And I do think that there's a degree of assumption that can be made and I, and, or a manufacturing employee shows up in, you know, gear equipped for the, for the job. Um, but no, I, you're right. I haven't been asked that. I, my biggest issue with attire, quite frankly, has been sloppy, Hmm. sloppiness and inappropriate clothing, specifically for women. That's probably been my biggest challenge is, you know, Clothes that is entirely too tight, clothes that is entirely too short, clothes and 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 I know that there's a whole lot of debate out there about you know we should be able to wear whatever we want to wear, but there's an appropriateness standard for both genders, and it is it's really about dressing for your workplace. I think that that's probably yeah, the and, argument. You know, to that point. You know, it's, it's interesting because okay, I I'm should really be able to dress, about where this is going to go. I should, go. I should be able to dress the way I want. I mean. That's what, but there's also remember the, all those sayings about dress for success. Don't dress for your current position. Dress for the position you yeah. want. Right. I think there's a lot of truth in that because yes. we are Americans are fairly superficial. You know, we're by superficial I mean we you know we we kind of look at the exterior. We see what, and to your other point, you know what's really popular now, and I see a lot of the females wearing this. These these tight, I don't know what they're called, but they're like the leggings things, the real tight stuff that they're, they they're wear. They're called leggings. Leggings, okay. <laughs> yeah. So See, legging, I knew uh, this is going nowhere. Uh, so lugging leggings. I know it. And we're gonna have to re-record. You know, it's like <laughs> those. They're just. I mean, it's kind of There's, inappropriate. No, no, I don't think you're right. I think that there are ways to wear them appropriately. Right. And and women know this. Right. Like there are ways to wear leggings appropriately. I wear leggings. I, I've worn leggings to this podcast and there are ways to wear them appropriately. I think it's really about the appropriateness standard. Just stop. Just stop before you you're going to get yourself in trouble. All right. Yeah. Well, I just think that if you're you wear leggings, but they're not like I'm talking about. I'm not talking about leggings and nothing else. I mean, as far as you mean you know, going shirtless, yeah, I don't think well, you should go not shirtless, shirtless at work. but shirts that go that are that are above the you know when everything's there to see in okay. the leggings, they got to stop. Goodness, I think there are ways to wear leggings appropriate. I think you need to pulse check your organization. Um, someone said this. It was um, it was our friend Anne Marie, right? So Anne Marie, I remember her telling me this, and I really, I really took it to heart. Is everything you do represents who you are Mm -hmm. so if you are like down to the way you your hair is right or the way you brush your hair and how professional you look and whether or not your nails are done and i think that all of that is indicative of this is a person who takes care of themselves this is a person who's going to take care of work and that I, i i really that resonated with me because it's true right you look at someone who just looks together Chances are their work is together too. Yeah, and that goes versus to someone who looks. It is. I mean, it's it's all perception. perception. They could be wrong, but, but it's perception. That is the that is a point about the dress too. It's what do you, you What do you think, good Steve? Well, <clears throat> so the challenge here is how to actually how to reveal what your inner identity is, and yet still somehow fit in. With whatever the the makeup is of that organization, yeah. Um, See, that's the professional answer. 
<laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I gave the unprofessional, and Steve, good Steve, can give the professional answer. I will say this: that I'm the, starting to say I'm not going to have good Steve back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, the 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 challenge that I'm seeing in the workplace with our younger professionals, especially on the the female side, is they haven't, in my view, they probably haven't been brought up in an environment that really puts a lot of value in that. Um, I can remember going to to speak at a college, which we won't name, just down the road here, and it was in um, it was an HR class, and I showed up. This was many years ago. I showed up in a suit. Okay, so today I probably don't need to do that anymore, but. I saw young ladies in short shorts and halter tops and flip-flops, and I was a guest for an hour in that class. Um, I saw young men who showed up late to the class, I mean like 20 minutes late, no no note-taking equipment, not, nothing, just, just showed up. So there's a, there's a sort of a lack of respect in some of our youth that I just think is not helpful. Um, the thing that I remember about most about that particular experience at the end of the class a young lady approached me she is the only one out of I would say there were probably 60 or 70 students in that class she is the only one she sat on the second row she kept eye contact with me she took notes she approached me at the end of the class introduced herself told me what her major was and I will tell you that I ended up hiring her a few weeks later for an administrative support role while she finished her degree in, in textiles. It's because she was put together in terms of how she presented herself. That was my perception. But once I hired her, she just was fantastic. But I did not get that feeling about anybody else that attended that class because of how their attire was seen by me. So... I, I just think they could go a really long way to help themselves if they just recognize that these are judgments that are being made on them every day, all day. Yeah, first impression sometimes is the only impression. That's, right. That's what I tell people. Hey, let me ask a question. Do you have any idea what percentage of people on the on at work actually end up like dating other people or, or having some sort of re, uh, relationship with people on the job? I don't have an idea of the percentage. I can tell you that in my company, we do have a husband and wife team who met on the job, and they're both high performers, which is really cool. They both work not side-by-side, side, but they work in the same general workspace. They're in two different divisions. But watching them date and then become married and then become parents has been a really cool experience. Yeah, that's um – uh, it's interesting, the statistics, and this comes from a SHRM, a SHRM report that I read, said that 57% of the people, you know, people at some point in their career are involved with somebody else in the workplace. Well, you're with them all the time. Yeah, I know. And so what percentage would that be for you, Kelly? 100%. <laughs> so Kelly Kelly violated – Kelly, what, what rule did you violate of my uh, – no, this is before we met, but my rule is what? You don't get your money and your honey from the same place. There you go. <laughs> but, of course, as in most cases, 
uh, Kelly violates all of my rules. <laughs> so she actually found her husband at the workplace, which a lot of people do. But the, 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 the thing is, you really do need to be cautious about that. And so since you went through it, how would you, how would you recommend that people – if they find themselves attracted to to someone at work, what all needs to be done? Like, in my defense, I didn't go into it expecting to find a spouse in the workplace. It just happened. Fun fact, I actually interviewed my husband for his job and then recommended that he not be hired to everyone. Before so. you were dating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I didn't sorry, know sorry, him. Look, it's a relationship made in heaven. It starts right off him. that way. <laughs> I didn't know him. I didn't, he wasn't the best interview, in my opinion. But, like, you know, I was wrong. Like, we all get to strike out sometimes. But, but apparently I mean, I he did him. pass the test. Yeah, he passed the test. Married apparently. the man. He's a great guy, actually. He's a great guy. He's home with my five children right now. He's a great guy. <laughs> but I think, I look, I think that when I was dating my husband... And, I, and I've seen lots of marital relationships. I've also seen some marital divorces in the workplace, which can always be ugly. And affairs. Right. And affairs. And oh, just I've seen probably seen it all. And you say that and you always will find something new. But I, I think that for us, it was really always about maintaining a degree of professionalism. Like we always drove separately into the workplace. That was always like kind of a rule. Like we always drove separately we made it a point to not always have lunch together. We made it a point to not always be together. And I was in HR, so it was even more sensitive. Yeah. It's really funny, though. My husband, I remember um, I remember my husband at that point, just my boyfriend, like prying for like salary data. And I wouldn't give it to him, and I still won't give it to him. Like I'm just like, that is confidential human resource information. <laughs> you may not have that data. But I think it's about maintaining a degree of professionalism and also a degree of professional distance. Yeah. From the person that you're working with. And I've seen like husbands and wives who work together in like senior roles. You almost don't know that they're spouses at work because they do such a good job of making sure that they're separated. Yeah. But but wouldn't it be fair to say that in your company today, if you had a couple dating in the same department, boss... And subordinate. I wouldn't allow for it. Okay. No, I wouldn't allow for it. I'd be curious how you would go about that. Yeah, you you can't have a boss and a subordinate be husband and wife. Like, the only time you see things like that, quite frankly, are in these family-owned businesses where, like, dad employs the son. Right. Which really does bring up a good point, though. Why is that an inappropriate relationship? Well, because there's, there's no accountability, right? So there's, you can't... Well, yeah, the other thing is how does this – like if you were the supervisor and your husband – You can't be objective. Was, yeah, and, and plus if I'm in the department and other and good Steve's in the department <laughs> and all these other people, how are we going to view that? I mean no matter how you treat your husband or boyfriend or whatever the relationship yeah. is, you know, you're always going to be viewed as biased, as not – not being fair, whether or not you are or not, that's the perception I think people have, and you lose credibility as a as a as a manager. Well, I mean that and friendships, mm-hmm. right? So you have to be equally as concerned with strong friendships in the workplace, right? You don't hire, and and I've done this, and actually it's it's backfired on me more than once. Is you hire your friend, mm-hmm. 
And it's not that your friend's not a, a good performer, but the second they only see them as your friend, you lose credibility with anything related to that person. People stop giving you feedback on that person because it's just your friend. And that's a dangerous place that most people don't, they don't pay attention to. Yeah. I I have a, um, so as we were talking earlier before the show, y- you've met my sister and Steve knows my sister and I work with my sister and we have for 28 years now, I think. Um, now her daughter, my niece, is in the company. And her son, my nephew, is also in the company. And come to think of it, my brother-in-law is our company chaplain. So uh, technically, their whole family works inside of our firm. It's interesting and it's a little, little disappointing. I don't get called Uncle Steve anymore inside the four walls of the company i'm referred to as steve by my niece and my nephew they've never said anything to me about how this relationship is supposed to work going forward we've just sort of it's it's working itself out and the uncle in me feels like oh man i remember the days you know but when we get outside the company walls i'm back to uncle steve but i i respect the fact that they are trying not to be seen as getting any advantage because they are related to me mm-hmm. as one of the leaders of the company. Well, do you, do you recommend or is it a good practice? And, and and I'm saying this because I know some companies actually require their policy requires it. But if you are having a relationship with someone else in the company, particularly if they're in your department or if you're reporting to them, Many companies have a requirement that you actually report that to the mm-hmm. HR department. And you may, you know, one of the two of you may have to go to another department. There could be some, you know, some the rules vary. And also you may have to sign an agreement that says that the relationship is consensual. And the reason is because they don't want any problems with sexual harassment claims, which is a big issue, obviously, in the workplace. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would, I, I certainly, uh, I certainly insist on that and insist on a nepotism policy as well to just avoid all of that. I've seen it backfire. I've seen, I've seen, uh, and, and at the end of the day, you lose credibility with all of the people around you. You mm-hmm. may think you, everything is like hunky dory within you, like within the walls of your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whoever it is, but everyone else around you knows the reality mm-hmm. and is talking behind your back. I mean, we, I've seen situation uh, before where you had two people in a relationship. It lasted for a number of months. And then the next thing you know, I've got a restraining order. Oh, I had one of those. And you have to deal. Now you've got a, you know, you've got the two people in the workplace. And a restraining order. And a restraining order. Wow. I've got to deal happen. with it. And so these things, the things happen. So for anybody listening, you know, take these, I know you, you know, your heart's a flutter and all that sort of thing for somebody, but you really need to think about it and think about, okay, what, if I'm attracted to this person and, and, you know, what do I do now? You gotta be thinking ahead of this. I just think you've got to understand the implications of your decision. I am certainly not in a position to tell someone not to date in the workplace, considering the fact that it certainly worked out for me mm-hmm. um, but understand that you're putting yourself in a position where the professionalism level almost has to be amplified mm-hmm. and I mean or it, it just does have to be amplified right and you always have to make sure that you're mindful of perception 
because at the end of the day, that's it's just the way it is. I think one of from an HR perspective, I will say that my hesitation regarding hiring spouses or siblings or any of that is not necessarily related to the perception inside, but it's related to what happens when I have to let go of one or if I have a problem with one, Mm -hmm. I've lost now two. Mm -hmm. Same with husband. I mean, if somebody gets, if you, if the people that you're talking about, uh, Steve on the job that were married and that you've watched come up, if one of them has a problem and you have to end up separating that person from the company, then you've got two. You got two problems, not one. It's really difficult. Or four. Or, or four. Or five. Yeah, I right. I mean, I don't. As much as uh, both of these are very professional people, this husband and wife, and they're they're great performers. I can imagine that if I'm either one of them, and something doesn't go well for my spouse, and I'm privileged to know that, that might have a really negative impact on how I perceive the company and so on. So it does there's have just, ramifications. There's no way to be objective. Like I like as much as you can try to be objective, if there's, there's just no way, like yeah. even, even quite frankly with your sister, right? Like I know your sister, I know she's a high performer and I know how awesome she is, but you can't be objective, right? You can't be. And it is, I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. So I guess you can hope that, uh, there's either a, a different reporting structure or you have a high performer, right? Otherwise everyone else around you knows that that person's off base when Mm -hmm. it comes to any sort of constructive feedback. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the the other things that I think people often don't think about, but I know that we maybe all of us have seen it, but I know Kelly and I have seen this in our career is offsite activities and people participating in offsite activities Mm -hmm. And really letting those things go, I mean, it's amazing to me what people do, how much they drink, how much they get out of hand, what kind of crude things they say or jokes or whatever it is. And, you know, as an HR person and as somebody that's that uh, if you're listening to this and you you really need to think about it because I'm evaluating people all the time. I may be off work, but I'm the I'm an HR person. So if I'm. You know, and I'm a company representative, and I want what's best for the company. But, I mean, what's the impact if somebody conducts themselves in an extremely unprofessional fashion, getting drunk and that sort of thing, on their ultimate career? Mm-hmm. Is I mean, that's something that I don't know why people don't think about it beforehand. Well, they don't, because I didn't, right? Like, I didn't when I was when I was young, right? I didn't when I was dating. Right. I didn't think that my ramification and I, and I have said some stupid things and I have done some stupid things. Sorry, mom and dad. I usually say some stupid things almost every day without alcohol. Now my (laughs) mom and dad are listening to this, so I won't disclose just some of the stuff, but I've just, I've just done stupid things. I think one of the things, especially now with social media is, and I always told our interns this when I ran an internship program was I never want to read about you on Monday morning. Do not let me read about you on Monday morning. And, you know, I've never had an issue, but I've seen people do really dumb things and it will, it ruins all credibility. I have fired people over things that they've done outside of work and people don't think that that's, that's within the scope of reason for us. We absolutely can fire you for things you've done outside of work. 
And don't forget, I mean, you're representing the organization. Yeah. Uh, when you post things and social media and that sort of thing. And, and there's a, you know, the, the, the brand is being affected by your conduct. Yeah. Especially, especially as you go through the ranks of, but, but even, even young, even young, young kids coming out of college or people just coming out of school, they are representing the company in all things that they do yeah. and need to behave appropriately. And, and like, and I sound like such a mom, <laughs> But at the end of the day, the reality is that everyone is watching you, especially until you earn your stripes. Yeah. And yeah. You know, even even and, and look, I appreciate what you're saying. And I think the listeners will, too, because it's wisdom. You know, you've learned, you know, I think, you know, social media wasn't even 15 years ago. Yeah, it wasn't uh, what it is now. What it is today. Yeah. And pe- but people, ju- you just got to think about what you're doing before you do it kind of thing because some of this stuff you really can't erase it doesn't go away or who's tagging you in a picture or yeah. who's tagging like that that's the that's the rub right you could think you're totally fine cuz right. you're not the one taking the picture or posting to Instagram it's who's tagging you years ago um you're talking about alcohol so years ago i had two different interview circumstances i always would um prepare my candidates for if you're going to be out with my client on a meal or an after hours get together it's an interview so let's not forget that secondly just because they drink or they offer you to drink that doesn't mean you should drink Ooh, i've got an opinion on this one well so i'll just tell you what happened in one case um my advice of of drinking coca-cola did not get heated and instead if it's a rum in it he, he partook, thinking he was safe because everybody else was. But he made a fool of himself in the process at some point in the evening. And my client let me know the next day they weren't interested. Secondly, I had a candidate who, I, who was going for a lunch meeting with my client, an interview. And I said, hey, listen, just be mindful of the fact that they're observing the way in which you handle yourself even at a meal. And <laughs> I wouldn't have expected this, but at the end of the meal, the the candidate asked for what we used to call a doggy bag, right? They wanted to take the leftovers home. They weren't paying for that. They were the guest. Now, should my client have felt offended by that? No, but my client made a judgment on the individual that if they're that concerned about making sure that everything is eaten up then maybe they're not the right cultural fit for them so things can get wacky in a hurry especially when you're in an interview process that's strange i I, i'm totally game on the drinking part but the whole doggy bag thing like if he hadn't done it like some other company could have been like he's wasting food like i just think that's a nuancey thing sure i will tell you from an from a drinking thing you say don't partake you're equally as judged for not partaking. Yeah, that's true. So here's my theory on that. I'll, I would rather take that risk. Yeah. Because we know what what one person can handle from consumption may not be true for all. Yeah. No. No. I'm. I'm actually. I don't drink alcohol typically ever. But I can't tell you how many times. And and I, Steve, I'd like your opinion on this too. Like, bad Steve. Um, I'd like your opinion on this too. How many times, especially as a woman, 
they will offer you alcohol, and the second you say no, you're pregnant. Oh. Right? Instantly. That's interesting. I don't and then the rumor mills start. And I, I mean, uh, look, I've been pregnant a lot, yeah. but <laughs> I... <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, with her, is actually the truth. That is true. Yeah, it is true. I've been pregnant a lot, but, but that is actually... You know, you know what I've defaulted to? Things that look like alcohol. Such as? So I'll ask for a Shirley Temple. I'll ask for seltzer with lime. Mm-hmm. And I will actually go up to the bar and or I and I will actually go up to the bar and ask them, put it in a cup that looks like alcohol. Because I don't want to be questioned on whether or not I'm pregnant. And and honestly, I don't drink with coworkers because I don't think it's a good practice and I always want to remain in control. Yeah. Um typically. But um but I, that is actually a concern for a woman is if you're not going to partake in alcohol. And some people don't for a lot of different reasons. Right. I actually don't partake due to just health concerns. But how do you how do you not partake and still not be seen as oh the person yeah, that just well, doesn't I drink? I think a lot I think a lot of young people particularly feel like there's this, you know, a, a social pressure or whatever to Absolutely. to do that. But I I am kind of with Steve and and I think kind of with you in a, in a in a sense but I would I would all I always order water. I mean mm-hmm. I always order order water because uh, you know I just and I would say do that because I'd rather err on the side of okay somebody thinks I'm weird cuz I'm not drinking as opposed to getting crazy and 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 doing something stupid because I am drinking. So I would just rather drink the water just order water with it i i actually with all the the bad steve stuff you talk about (laughs) i never really think i've never thought that a woman is pregnant because she's not drinking i've never even thought another word about it i've never i've never thought of that personally i'm not saying that there i'm sure there are plenty of men or, or women or whoever that do but i've i've never really thought of that i just think okay they don't want they they just want water or they want whatever they're drinking. I my entire career. Like my entire childbearing years, it's hmm, why aren't you drinking? And I and I and it's annoying. Yeah. Um and I have always I've always figured out a way to like Well, if you aren't pregnant every six months, maybe they would maybe they would think differently, Kelly. I don't know. But now given that you have you have lived in the north and the south, do you yeah. notice any differences from a social aspect? In yeah, the south regard? drinks more. Really? Yeah. The south drinks more. Wow. That's, That's my experience. I didn't know that. Wow. We yeah. learned something new. There's almost, Good Steve. But there's almost an expectation that alcohol will be involved. And and not against alcohol. It's just there's almost an expectation that alcohol will be involved. And how do you maneuver your way around that if you're not going to drink? Without – and I'm telling you, the people will judge you for not. That's well, the, the the thing that I've noticed with the youth of today is, is – as as you've alluded to, Steve, but I think the the alcohol consumption among young people is way too high, and it reveals itself even in the workplace when you're having um, company events, whatever yeah. the case may be. I I just would say if the only way that a that a, a group of people can enjoy themselves is to be intoxicated, that's to me a that's a group of people that you I'm may not, not probably with, drawn right? to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's right. I think that's right. All right, so Steve, what's left on your topic? Because oh wow, I was gonna, it's getting long. You want to? You want to? <laughs> let me ask this one: How do you resign from your employment without burning bridges? And I, Kelly, you've resigned from a lot of places. How do you do it? Without- <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> How do you do it without, without burning I have bridges? I resigned from two places recently. Well, what, no? what kind of bridge are you talking about? Well, do you I, want the bridge? Well, the thing I think I look. Are you trying to so get a counter one, offer? One thing, one thing that I need the listeners to remember, and in particular, if they're in, we're, we're nationwide, and even in Mexico now, but many states, we are many states, um, you know, have rules like South Carolina, and that is, if if I'm an HR manager at one company and Kelly's at the other company, and somebody and Good Steve comes and applies it to my company and I don't really know good Steve but I know good Steve worked for Kelly or at Kelly's company mm. I'll pick up the phone and it's perfectly legal for me to do this in the state of South Carolina and I've done it many 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 times and I've called I call the other HR person and I say hey what do you think about good Steve and I've had I've had HR people say this no I say thank you very much. I don't even have to ask why because I trust the HR person on the other end of the line, mm-hmm. and it's because the person has done. You know, they they've not left appropriate. They were either bad in their job, or they got terminated for something that wasn't appropriate, um, or they just left a really bad taste in the mouth as they were leaving. So for me, you know, you, you don't really want to burn a bridge. You want to keep a relationship because those people can. You know, these communities are fairly small. HR people know each other. They talk. And it could make it more difficult for you to get another job. So for me, it's like I would recommend that you, if you're going to resign, that's fine. Um, I would I would still recommend that you try to stay on the job more than a year before you resign. And two or three would be great. But I'd say you work hard until the last day. Um, you don't make bad comments on social media or Glassdoor about the company. Um, don't ghost the company. Don't just not show up. I think ghosting is a terrible thing that people do. And so never do that. I mean, be, you know, act as if you may someday have to come back. You, you probably never will, but if you do that, you'll leave on the best footing possible, I think. Yeah. So we've got two teammates right now who left our company, our firm previously, and they're now back with us and actually three now that I think about it. Um, and we're so glad to have them back. Um, and so you need to be thinking about a resignation with dignity. Um, it may not really need to say anything about the company. You know, maybe you're in a not great situation and you've got a horrible company and or culture and or or boss. Um, the reality is, is that how you leave should say everything about the character of who you are. And I totally agree with you, Steve, that there may come a day when you either A, may be back or somebody in a position of leadership from that company ends up at a different company. You have no idea. You're applying only to find out that the way you departed will have an impact on the fact that they're not going to hire you. You know, my dad told me many, many years ago when I was a teenager and screwing lots of things up. He told me something that was very that that means a lot to me, and that is, you're only as good as your name, and that has stuck with me because it is all about your reputation, mm-hmm. your brand, as people mm-hmm. would call it today, and so you need to make sure you have your brand is good. I mean, I think so. I think yes, right? You always apply, you always resign appropriately and but you you do that because 
of who you are, right? right? Not who the company is. Right. There have been resignations. So, so in the last four years, I've resigned from two places. Okay. One, I was super excited about. Like I was, and one, the, the, the one I just most recently left, I literally sobbed through my resignation because I didn't want to leave the people, but I knew I needed to make a move for my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't want to leave so badly. So I think that it's really about giving as much notice as possible. Two weeks is often not enough. If you have more to give, give it. Mm-hmm. I think that that's respected from an organizational perspective. And I think that you should always just always be appropriate until the very, very end because right. you just never, ever know. I mean, there are people that I wouldn't work again for that I treated with respect to the end. Yeah, me yeah. too. Always the same the same thing. So anyway, I think this has been an interesting conversation. Good, Steve. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. And, and we you. appreciate uh, Find Great People uh, sponsoring the, the, the show. And also Hainsworth Sinclair Boyd and Gallagher. All of you are great sponsors that we endorse. And uh, thank you so much. And Kelly, it's always good to see you. I know. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so. Enough said. (laughs) Enough said, but uh, thanks for joining us, and tune in again. Thank you.